Well, family, I am so excited to be sharing with you this morning, uh, starting our series, We the Church, A Call to Devotion. And over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about some of the character traits of the devoted life and what this looks like journeying through the book of Acts. And as we begin today, I just want to open up in a word of prayer. And uh, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but I just felt led this morning. But if you have your Bibles, would you just hold them up with me real quick? I know it's weird, like paper Bibles in church. It's still a thing. Um, And so I just want to hold up the word of God, and I just want to pray. Lord, this is your word, your inspired word. So God, I pray today that as we open this, your word, that it would penetrate to the depths of our heart. I pray, oh God, that we will be led to live these words out, not just to read them. So God, would you speak to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I find that sometimes we have to remind ourselves that this is the true inspired word of God. And I am convinced with all my heart that as Christians, as anybody really, if we would open this book up and read these words for ourselves, I promise you that you will find a way of life that will always lead to the fulfillment that you're looking for, hidden in the words of Scripture here. And so this morning, we're going to start this series called We the Church. Uh, I want to say this as we begin, that the church is the body and the body is the people. One of my prayers through this series is that when you hear the word church, you would begin to think differently when you hear the word. There's something that happens in our minds when we hear a certain word, you have an image in your mind of what that is, right? Just for example, if I said the word horse, you think of a horse in your mind, right? All of our horses might look a little different, but we're thinking of a certain kind of horse. It happens with church also, and I want to challenge us through this series that when we hear the word church, we wouldn't be thinking of a building. We wouldn't be thinking of a place, but that we would actually see the faces of the people and realize that the church is the people, not the place. And so as we open up God's word today, I want to encourage you to not fall into the trap of studying the Bible without doing what it says. I want to invite you into a life that will be challenged over these next several weeks to hear the words of Scripture and be challenged to be transformed through them. So we're going to open up our Bibles today to the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And I want to read these verses to you this morning as we begin, and then we're going to unpack a few things that are here inside this chapter. It says this in chapter 2 of Acts. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I don't know if you've ever taken the time to really think about the word devote or the word devotion. I've had the privilege over the last several weeks of really dwelling on this word. What does it mean to be devoted? What does devotion really look like? And I've had to journey inside myself and take the time to really consider my own life and ask myself the question, am I truly devoted to Christ? Am I truly devoted to his kingdom? Am I truly devoted to his work? 
And I've been searching my soul and searching my heart over these last several weeks, and I want to invite you to do the same. You know, when I think of devotion, there's one thing I'm always drawn to. But in particular, over the last couple weeks, one thing that I really have been thinking about, and it is cake. Yes, I mean baked cake. (laughs) So how many of you guys are just love cake? How many of you love birthday for cake? Praise God for pastries, okay? I'm just saying that. Um, And I've been thinking about this idea of cake. In fact, I wanted to bring some examples of devotion for you. Uh, And so I brought some pictures of cake that will be up here that you can see while I'm talking. And I'll try not to be distracted by them because they look oh so good. Um, But here's the reality of cake is how many, you guys all know this, we've been to the birthday parties of things, you go to KTA, right? I know this, I learned this from Pastor Dion, if you ever go to KTA, make sure you walk through the bakery section, just in case, because you don't know what you're going to find there. And so, I always walk through there, just to go see, it's a really good thing, thank you Pastor Dion for teaching me that. Um, And so sometimes you see a cake, and you guys know how this is, sometimes you see the cake and you go, oh yeah, I need a piece of that one. I need to try this cake out. And so maybe you get the slice of the cake and you eat it and you love it and you think, wow, this is a really fantastic cake and you're inspired by it. Sometimes, I'm not saying I've done this, but I've thought about it. Have you ever done this where you take a slice of the cake and you put it on the plate and then you keep the rest of the cake and just leave the slice for everyone else? That's fine. I just want you to know that's acceptable. You can do that, okay? People don't like it, but it's fine. Um, And so here's the thing. Sometimes we eat cake, and we like cake. We enjoy it. We have it, and we go, oh, man, this is so delicious. But here's the thing is sometimes we taste the cake, and then we actually are inspired to know more about it. So I asked the person who baked it, oh, what's in this cake? How'd you prepare this? In fact, I might be led to actually ask for the recipe of the cake. And so that way I could try to make it on my own right? And we say, hey, could you give me that recipe? And then I go home and I try to make the cake and it doesn't taste quite the same. You ever have those moments, right? You ask someone for the recipe and you make it and you go, it's just not the same as how they made it. And so, but here's the thing is maybe I make that cake and from making the cake, then maybe I actually become inspired to know more about the process of baking. And so now I actually start to learn about flour and sugar and salt and butter. And I start to discover that there's a difference between softening my butter and not softening my butter before I mix it into the batter for my cake. And I start to learn these things and then I become a baker that can finally produce something that is beautiful and extravagant for others to enjoy. Have you ever had those moments? I love watching the Food Network, which is really what inspired me towards this, of the incredible baking shows. And I think it's true of Christianity, that we are called to a life of devotion, that when someone else sees it, they would want to taste it. And when they experience it enough, they'd actually maybe ask for the recipe. And then they'd ask you about the secret things that you didn't tell them that weren't in the recipe so that they could be as devoted as you so that they could produce things the same way as the baker could. So the question really is, what is devotion? What is devotion? Devotion is to give over or direct time, money, effort to a cause, enterprise, or activity. Devotion is much more than discipline. Devotion is much more than simple choice. Devotion is something greater. In fact, I would say that devotion can almost seem like obsession to some that would see a devoted person. For the devoted, there is nothing else that they desire. They desire the one thing that they are devoted to. It's what they give their effort to, their time to, their energy to, because they are devoted to it. 
Maybe you have something you're truly devoted to. Maybe you've never fully been devoted to something. But I'm confident that at least at some point in your life, you've met someone or seen someone who is truly devoted to their craft or something in their life. Jesus said this. He said, no servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Did you catch it? Devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. It's in Luke 16. You know, I want to dive into this first trait of the devoted life I want to share this morning with you. But before I do that, I just want to paint some more of the picture in Acts chapter 2 of where we're coming from here. I've read 42 to 47, but if you back up a little bit in that chapter, you hear Peter preaching to the masses that day. And he's preaching to them about the exalted Christ. And it says that through that moment, there was about 3,000 that were added to their number that day. But I love what it says here. I'm going to jump to verse 38 of chapter 2. Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord, our God, calls to himself. And Peter began to teach them. But this response comes from the moment where people say, what are we to do? And Peter says, repent, be baptized. He gives them this invitation to join in, to be a part of this. And so the first trait that I want to share with you about this journey of being devoted is that the devoted repent. The devoted repent. Devotion starts with repentance. Peter is giving this invitation here of get in on it, don't miss out. He wants people to come in, to be a part of this, of what the Holy Spirit is doing. But here's what I want to share with you is that repent doesn't mean to feel bad enough for long enough until you feel okay about being okay. You ever been there? I've been there before where I just feel so bad about some sin in my life and I just wallow in the feelings that I have going on that eventually I get to the point of just wanting to feel okay. But here's the thing. Repentance doesn't just mean that. Repentance means to turn and live a new way in light of a new reality. Repentance is not just a moment to let go of some things or just release some things. It's literally an act of turning away and turning towards Christ. And so, friends, i got to share with you today that a life of devotion that begins with repentance is not just one that gets on our knees one time and prays to our Father in heaven for his forgiveness, and we say that we repented because it's not just a one-and-done moment. It's an everyday, ongoing action. It is a life of repentance. How many times have we come down to an altar and gotten on our knees and given everything to God, yet we walk out the doors wallowing in the sorrow still of our sin and not truly ever being devoted to him because I'm convinced that if we walked out of this place today more devoted to him that you might have a different kind of interaction with the person at the McDonald's drive-thru when you go show up there today right I'm convinced that your life would be so enticing to the non-believer that they couldn't help but say could I have a piece just like the beautiful cake hey can I try that <laughs> please just one piece <laughs> let me try it Repentance is not just the one and done moment. And it's turning in the light of a new reality. What's profound here in Acts chapter 2 is the new reality is that the Spirit has come. They are now living in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that you and I still have today, which is so incredible. 
And here's what's even more profound about this story. It's it tells us that 3,000 were added to their number that day. That is a direct connection to Mount Sinai. When the law came down with Moses, there were 3,000 lives taken that day because of their disobedience and their debauchery. Do you remember this story when Moses comes back? Go check it out in Exodus. 3,000 lives were taken of people. And on this day in Acts, 3,000 are added to the fold, a redemptive moment of God himself to reclaim the 3,000 that were lost, who were devoted back then, to reclaim these 3,000 today. And I'm just convinced that God is still looking for those devoted today in this very moment, July 19, 2020. He's looking for those devoted people sitting in this room and joining us online that would stand for him and walk in the power of his spirit. But here's the question I have to ask you. What if the Spirit of God is desiring to do something completely different than you have ever experienced in your life? What if the Spirit of God is looking to do something through you, through Connect Point Church, that we have never personally experienced before, that we've never heard about before, that's never been seen before? Are we so devoted to God that we are not fearful of whatever might come, whether we understand it or not? The devoted do not operate in fear. The devoted operate in joy. Now, let me say this, is I believe that devotion does not equal discipline. They're not the same thing. Now, let me explain. I love the spiritual disciplines. I think that that they're practices from long ago. But discipline is often something that we do not enjoy doing. How many of you guys have ever done something that you're doing that's a discipline? We all have those things. In fact, you've heard so many of those things from this platform, from your wonderful pastoral staff, right? So many things that we're like, yeah, we're doing it, but don't really like that thing. (laughs) But I got to do it, right? And discipline is something that we do because we want to grow. We We want to be transformed. We want to change. But it doesn't have the same kind of joy as devotion. Here's the devotion test. If you're devoted to something, you find overwhelming joy in the activity of it, no matter how difficult it is. The things that are disciplined, we do not find the same overwhelming joy. We may find joy in the results. We don't find joy in the process. Devotion finds joy in the process. And so devoted life to Christ finds joy in the process. In Isaiah 43, the prophet speaks in verse 19, and says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I form for myself, that they might declare my praise. Behold, I am doing a new thing, do you not perceive it? Friends, I wonder if sometimes the Spirit is up to something really new, but we're not perceiving what He's doing around us. I want to invite you into a pursuit of perceiving today. We, the church, a call to devotion. We have to not look back with longing. We must look forward with reverent anticipation of what God desires to do. Here's what's profound to me in Acts chapter 2 is that their biggest imagination of what could happen in that time was the restoration of the kingdom of Israel. It was the pinnacle of the imagination of the apostles and early disciples. They were thinking this is what Jesus came for. 
you've read these stories, you know. They kept asking him, are you now going to restore the kingdom to Israel? That's what they thought Jesus was coming for, to become the king of Israel. Yet in this moment in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes upon them in the upper room and shatters every bit of imagination they could ever have and expands it a million times to see what God could actually do in this world, in them and through them. Have we given space for God to radically shatter our imaginations? We often say of God that he can do immeasurably more than I could ever ask or imagine. Have you actually allowed the time to let God break through the barriers of your imagination, of what he could accomplish and the ways that he could do it? Because I promise you, God desires to move in you and through you. It's the truth. In Acts 2.42, we already read it, but it says this, these words that I cannot get out of my mind, and they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. They made the choice to be devoted to these things. It was their life they were committed. There's four things that Acts 2.42 says that they were devoted to. The first is devotion to Scripture. Devotion to Scripture. It says in the text, the devotion to the apostles' teaching. What's so wonderful is that we have this beautiful text here called the Bible, full of the apostles' teaching, Scripture itself, the inspired Word of God. They were devoted to this. They found such joy in pursuing the teaching of the apostles, the Word of God, that there was no, there was no uh, frustration. There was no, uh, they were never bummed out about getting up to pursue this. They were devoted to hearing from the Word of God through the apostles at that time. Now for us, Scripture itself. They were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to the fellowship. You know, today we can't gather together with all of our friends on a Sunday morning. But notice, neither could they back in Acts. Now, we haven't gotten there yet. It's actually Acts chapter 8. That it says in Acts chapter 8, a great persecution arose against the church. And all except the apostles were scattered from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria. It's incredible to think of this, that they were scattered throughout, and in this scattering, the greatest growth of the church ever took place. They were devoted to the fellowship. We have to be devoted to the fellowship in this time. We have to lean into the new way of fellowship, trusting the Spirit to continue His work. It's not always going to be this way, but it is this way. So let's not waste this moment and devote ourselves to the structures and practices that enable the fellowship to continue. Devotion to the fellowship is an acceptance of responsibilities. It's not an assertion of rights. In this time, we can still choose to be devoted to the fellowship. And you might be thinking, okay, Pastor Darren, that's great, but look, we all can't gather together. So what? <laughs> the Holy Spirit is not limited by Zoom. The Holy Spirit is not limited by FaceTime. The Holy Spirit is not limited by a phone call. So why would we be so foolish to become a hindrance to the Holy Spirit working if technology itself is not a hindrance to the Holy Spirit? Isn't it profound to think that in this time, I can? here's the thing, I can choose to be devoted to the fellowship. Please hear me. It's not about have you called somebody. Are you devoted to the fellowship? Because if you are devoted to the fellowship, you can't not. You would be on your phone connecting with people every single day. You would be going on Zoom. You would be going on FaceTime. There would not be a single person in this church who has not been touched by another if we truly live devoted to the fellowship, even if we can't gather together. 
So are we devoted or do we just like it when we can get together in the building? I got to be real with you today. These are challenging thoughts. We have to search our hearts. Am I actually devoted? Am I actually devoted? It says that they were devoted to the breaking of bread. This is not just talking about gathering for meals. It talks about that too a few verses later. But in this instance, this is a direct relation to communion itself, the Lord's Supper. This is a devotion to the remembrance of Christ, and it's anchored at the cross. It's anchored at the resurrection. They were devoted that every time they could be together, they would remember who they were together for in the first place. This is all for Jesus and all because of him. They were devoted to the breaking of bread, and they were devoted to the prayers. They were devoted to the prayers. And not just a devotion of saying my prayers when I go to bed. This is really a call towards intercession. This is a call towards getting on your face and praying for three hours for God to move in a mighty way. When was the last time you got in your prayer closet and locked the door and you stayed there for six hours? I know some of you guys are like, whoa, 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 hold on six hours, man. Let's talk ten minutes. <laughs> six hours is, is intense. But the devoted find such great joy in that moment. Why? Because they are devoted to the prayers. Why? Because the devoted are focused on who they are devoted to. It's the cause of Christ. Nothing more, nothing less. It's the only thing that satisfies. Watching a Netflix show should not satisfy me more than getting on my face before the Lord and interceding. But why does it? Why does it? Maybe I haven't fully repented. Maybe I haven't fully given my heart to him. Maybe I haven't fully chosen devotion because I'm still choosing the world and trying to serve two masters. I don't know. The Spirit is inviting us to seek the kingdom of God. It's evident in Acts that they understood this. Verses 44 to 47 of chapter 2 make it very clear. It says, All who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having a favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved, not because of their gathering together, but because of their devotion. Because every person that saw them wanted to understand what they understood. It is our lives that will lead people to the heart of Christ and to the foot of the cross. It's not just a message. It's not just a sermon. It's how you live your life. Because I promise you, when you choose the devoted life, people will come to know him. I am convinced in this day, in 2020, right now, during this pandemic, I am convinced that the greatest revival of our time will come, but I believe that it's going to happen more over dinner tables and backyard barbecues than tent meetings. Because I believe that it's the devoted people who are living their life that will lead others into a relationship with him. And you might think, Pastor Darren, why would you say something like that? Because in Acts chapter 8, it tells me that's what happened. In Acts 8, it says a great persecution came against the church, and all except the apostles were scattered. Let me say it in modern terms. A great persecution came against the church, and everybody except the pastors were scattered. Everyone except the pastors were scattered all throughout the land. And it says of those who were scattered that they preached the word. They preached the word. 
It wasn't the pastors going about the land. It was the people. Why was that possible? Devotion. Devotion. The Spirit is inviting us to seek the kingdom of God. When the church gets it right, we become the hope of the world. The church is not the place we go. It is the people we are. People do not come to the church. The church goes to them. It's literally what we see throughout the story of Acts. The church went to them. Why? Because the people went to them. So are we truly living the devoted life and being the church? The building, not the people. The Spirit is inviting us in. And I am confident that the church, the people, not the building, we are the hope of the world. I think for too long we have said that phrase, the church is the hope of the world. But because we've thought of the church as an institution, as an organization, as a building, we forgot that the mandate is to us. The mandate is to us. When we say the church is the hope of the world, I mean you are the hope of the world. And you might think, Pastor Darren, that's too wild and I can't receive it because I'm not a pastor. I don't have credentials. I don't have anything that happened. Neither did any of these guys or girls. Literally, they heard a word and they said, what should we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized and then go do it. You don't need some credential. You don't need some diploma on the wall. You need devotion. And when the world sees you devoted, the world will be changed. So are you willing? Are you willing? I am more convinced than ever that the Lord settles for no less than everything. He settles for no less than everything. The devoted life starts with repentance, but requires everything. It requires everything. So I understand that I'm up here speaking something today that is maybe not what we think about every day, because frankly, for me personally, this has been an incredibly challenging message. Because when I look at my own life, I'm honestly not certain that I am fully devoted to the cause of Christ. And you might think, Pastor Darren, you're a pastor. I understand. I understand all those things. But when I look at my life, I go, there's still things that I haven't let go. There's still moments, that, the parts of me that are not devoted fully to him. And why do I know that? Because I choose other things. I choose other things instead of him. And even the greatest example I would say that I, I know is the Apostle Paul. And even he said, man, I'm still not there. There's things I want to do that I don't do. And there's things that I wish I did that I'm not doing. Like, I, I just, I'm, I'm here. But he was choosing the pursuit of devotion. He was choosing a repentant life. Devotion doesn't mean perfection. Devotion means commitment. Devotion means repentance. Devotion means all of these things that we are choosing every single day. And so today, I'm not going to give uh, uh, this big altar call moment. I want to create a time to reflect. Because I believe that what the Lord is speaking to us today causes us to pause for a moment and consider our lives. Are we truly devoted? Because friends, I'm confident that if the about 70 of us that are in here, 80 of us that are in here, counting all the volunteers, that if we were living this devoted life, man, Hilo's going to be changed. This island's going to be changed because of some devoted people 
some devoted people. So the worship team is going to play a song in the next moment. And I want this song to be an invitation to you. I don't want you to sing. I want you to listen to the invitation of these words. The Spirit of God is once again inviting us to the altar to lay it down, to choose devotion. So as this song plays, I just want you to take a moment and consider your life and how you can repent today to choose to turn away from those things, the other devotion you have that is not to him. So would you take this time and just reflect and have a genuine moment with the Lord. Listen to these words. Christ is risen. 
down before Him, for He is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. So what a Savior. the strength to lay down at your feet whatever may be hindering us from fully living for you. I pray, oh God, that we would repent and turn away. Father, would you forgive us because sometimes we don't know what we're doing. So, Lord, we submit ourselves to you. And we ask, oh God, that you would find us worthy of your spirit, worthy of your calling. And Lord, I pray that you would use us, your vessels, your children, to change this world. So, God, I pray over every person in this room that as they walk out these doors, oh God, that they would feel the empowerment of your spirit within them and that they would walk boldly in what you have called them to do. So, Lord, I pray that in their workplaces, in their homes, with their friends, when they're out and about in our town, God, that your spirit would flow through them. Lord, I pray for those in this room today who are hurting. God, I pray that you would bring restoration and healing and comfort. Lord, I pray for those today that are worried. I pray that you would bring assurance to them that you have never left them nor forsaken them. And God, I pray that over the next several weeks, you would draw us closer to your heart, that you would give us the strength to truly search ourselves and to know the level of our devotion. So Lord, would you help us to become more and more like your son Christ so that we can be a beautiful reflection of him in this world. So God, thank you for choosing us Thank you for appointing us to go and bear fruit. I pray, oh God, 
that you would use us mightily, you would speak to us clearly, and that you would lead us every moment of every day. So, Lord, we give you ourselves. Use us, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Now, I know homework is not a fun idea, but I want to give everyone some homework for this week. I really would love for you to take some time this week to read through Acts chapter 2. Read through these words that we were talking about today. And would you take some time to sit and say, Lord, what do you want to show me? I never want you just to take me at my word as a preacher up here. I want you to take the time to allow God to reveal his truth to you the way that he desires to. Don't just take my word for it. Go and seek him. Go and read these words and say, God, what would you have me do about this in my life? I know it can seem overwhelming, some of these thoughts, but I guarantee that as you seek him, the Spirit of God will show you the small steps to take to live the devoted life that he has called us to. And so I encourage you to pursue him this week. And I know that this is kind of a heavy message, but we believe that this is what the Lord is asking us to share in this season, calling us to a life of devotion. We the church, we the people, the church is the body, the body is the people. And so I compel you to go out from this place and go and be the church in this world because the world needs you. The world needs us. The world needs Christ.